Play the fight song. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Play the Fight Song podcast. All the fellows are here and ready to talk post-conference championship, the final college football rankings, about the college football playoff, and then bowl games later. We also have awards we wanted to give out after the season. Each of us have different things that we wanted to highlight, so we put them all into a document, started rolling off all these different awards. We'll get into that later. How's everybody feeling? First of all, I know Schaefer's trying to dive a little bit more into college basketball. Uh, Parks believes McCord was done wrong at Ohio State, and Reese is just dealing with what I don't like. What fifty percent of men deal with in this world? It's it's tough. More than that, probably, probably more. They just don't. They just don't have the confidence like I do to just go out there oh. and fight it publicly. But me and Rocky <laughs> are taking, getting, 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 taking care of business. Yeah. Hey, that's all you need. That's all you need. Uh, Schaefer, are you uh, are you deep into college basketball right now? Is this like a two week? No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking start? about. You you're forcing me into this. You're yeah, texting I am. The group, 100%. Texting the group chat of what your picks are, and I'm like, fine, I'll take something tonight. We got a, a two week window before the bowl games start. That hoops is going. Uh, on. Conference yeah, going. it's it's called the in season tournament of the NBA. That's that's going on this week during my off time, and then we roll with college football bowl games next Friday. So Hand that's, up. That's I did I'm watch going. an NBA game last night. A little bit of it. The sound off. Boo. So. I was, I was watching. Why would you Sicario. play with the sound off? That would, I was watching Sicario. It's the best part about it. The atmosphere last night for a game in the early December was. I was just. I couldn't believe it. It was nothing I'd ever seen before. Hey, one, one, one of my favorite. One of my favorite memories. Of, just because we're talking about college basketball and it just pops in my head. <laughs> one of my favorite memories of twelve oh nine was we threw on like remember when we threw on like Boise State versus Air Force and it was like I think it was me, Shafe, and JP. Parks was at home or something like that. We took it like minus 19 and a half on like a random oh, no, Tuesday night. Like it's, it's 10 no, o'clock at cool. night and we're just sweating this thing out. Like we're screaming at the TV for like 10 bucks. Ashton's like, why are you guys yelling at the TV? It's like, it's 10 bucks. Like it's a, it's a morale thing. Like we're just diabolical. That was one of my, that was one of my so, favorite no, memories. The dude. worst it's, part about that is that we were ass, talking about it. Gonna cover the spread. <laughs> We were talking about it, and then Parks goes, wait, I want to ride too, and he tells us. He doesn't tell us till after that he didn't get the hook because we either he won from a hook and we all pushed, or he won and we lost from yeah. a hook, and he didn't tell That's us right. that. Uh, I was going to let that story be a good thing, but, I mean, it was a good bet. I'll take the money. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great That night. was rough. That was rough. Um, would you want to explain your tag over there, Parks? I kind of am curious what you're saying. I mean, the fandom, I mean, the comments back on Kyle McCord posting that he's going into the transfer portal were like, he should go play at Columbus Community College. He should go. I, oh, he was not that bad. I mean, are they thinking they went 12 and one and he was pretty good? I mean, what? I mean, he I, got I think they're they're so used to greatness at quarterback, like Heisman finalist. Good. Yeah. I mean, I think he wasn't as good as CJ Stroud it was, but. It wasn't that far off. I mean, community college. I mean, they were cursing his name. I don't think I've seen a fan base happier to get a quarterback out that led them to 12 wins than Ohio State this year. It's asinine. I mean, worse than the Oklahoma fans. (laughs) And they chanted for Caleb Williams and then Caleb struggled and they chanted back for Spencer Rattler. Yeah, they boo anybody who throws any, does anything wrong at the quarterback position. I mean, CJ Stroud leads the NFL in passing yards right now. So, I mean, you were gonna you were gonna have a downgrade at quarterback just just a little bit. I think yeah. 
the expectation for Ohio State is oblivious to say the least. I think. Yeah. And does this have anything uh, to do with oh, oh, with Kyle McCord maybe visiting Nebraska? Does that have anything to do with that too? No, I don't that know. That would take up a huge chunk of our collective yeah. if he did that. So I don't know. But yeah, he is visiting Nebraska. Marcus I just, yeah, Hatter, I just post about it. They've already gotcha. been three places. Let's jump into uh, some recent news within college football. A couple of that uh, those pieces of news is the portal opening on Monday. Opened yesterday officially. You heard names prior to it. Uh, most of those would have been grad transfers. Now opens on Monday flies like there's names everywhere big names will rattle some of those off but let's go to some hirings real quick that we didn't get a chance to touch on last week uh i'll just kind of rattle through these sean lewis the former offensive coordinator of colorado now the head guy at san diego state spencer danielson promoted at boise state he was an interim after avalos is firing takes them they win the mountain west and he gets the job i think that's kind of the right move for boise state he seems to be a guy that really wants to be there Trent Bray, the defensive coordinator at Oregon State, promoted to head guy at Oregon State. Kurt Signetti, JMU's head coach, now hired at Indiana. And I think this is another piece of that puzzle. We've talked about Indiana really investing in football. I think this is a good hire for them. And then Willie Fritz at Tulane hired at Houston. So those are some bigger hires along the way. Indiana, Houston, Oregon State, Boise, and San Diego State, all with new guys going into next year. I think out of these hirings, I'm looking – I think the the Signetti one's probably the best hire here just from what he's done at JMU and built a program. And I don't see him as a guy that's going to hop, hop, like all over program to program and use Indiana as a jumping stone two or three years in if it goes well. But, I mean, I could be wrong. Um, the one – I the Willie Fritz one is interesting to me still because, like, Tulane was – all right and then they were not very good and then they had a breakout year last year and then they had another good year this year and is he really the guy that houston needs i'm not sure i'm not gonna act like an expert in the coaching world but is there any of those five that really jumped out to you guys that you thought would be um are good hires or you're kind of questioning a little bit i mean those five i i think are all the right hires I mean, for for every situation that you're going through, Boise and Oregon State, I think the transition you're making right now at Oregon State, hiring within is is a good thing. It can kind of help keep the ship afloat, especially when a lot of guys are trying to get out. They're trying to maintain at least some of that core within the change that they're going to have. Um, Moving on to next year, I think Boise, kind of the same thing. I don't really know who you who you get at that point. I said it last week. I think it's one of the easiest coaching jobs in all of college football. I, I think they get pretty mediocre to slash good uh, mid-major five mm-hmm. three-star talent, and I don't think you really you really need a lot of coaching skill in that league. And then, I mean, as far as Signetti and and Fritz for for your point, JP, I think both of them are kind of older guys. I understand what you're saying. Like, why would Fritz go to that job? Maybe he's just trying to. Maybe this is like his last Power Five shot before maybe he retires. I think they're both in their 60s if i'm mistaken i think so so i see signetti as like hey you're in the maybe the second biggest league in in the country in the country you know this is an opportunity for you to put a put a team on the map and then fritz like i don't know give houston five five maybe 10 years in this huge 16 team conference in the big 12 and see how you can go without a fight and i'm sure they're gonna both be compensated pretty damn well whether they succeed or fail I think Houston's at a point where they would just want to win now. Like 
the Holgerson thing didn't work. I think that fan base, they put a lot of money into that football program in the last couple of years before the move to the Big 12. And then it just kind of slowed down a little bit like momentum wise. But I, I think they're ready to go now and they're going to need to be in a wide open Big 12. How about Sean Lewis to San Diego State, a team that wasn't offensive like for the last as long as I can remember. They played really good defense, ran the ball played good special teams. It just wasn't very high flying and he's going to bring in that offense and they're just going to change their identity immediately. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes for that team to go in the right direction and get back on the right track. Let's talk Heisman finalists. Um, We have some awards later. I'm sure these names will come up in that situation. Heisman finalists were announced. The guys that will be in New York, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Marvin Harrison Jr. And Michael Penix. Is this all the four that we all kind of thought would be there? I don't, I don't think there's any surprises, are there? Yeah, no, that that's a good four. I think maybe you make an argument. I would have liked to see it. Maybe it's my biased under the radar fandom talking, but I wouldn't have mind to see Ollie Gordon get an invite. I mean, he was a pretty dominant player on the stat sheet, and when it came to Oklahoma State's nine wins, so I wouldn't have mind to see him get an invite. Obviously, it's going to be a situation where he would not win it, but having not having that fifth player is kind of out of place for the Heisman, and he deserved it. But I thought it was a good four. Is it four because it's such a heavy favorite right now? What do you mean? Probably, like, yeah. if it was such I, a heavy, I think Jay Daniels is such a heavy favorite that they just didn't invite a fifth. I, don't oh, know. I was going to say, haven't they only invited like three before, though? So if it was they've such a heavy three, favorite, yeah, wouldn't they invite three? Three, four, five, yeah, all of them. Like, I would see, I can't believe Harrison's in there, to be honest with you. Like, I, if anything, I'm surprised it's just not Penix, Knicks, and Daniels. Especially with that, like this award's like a quarterback award nowadays, anyways, for yeah, the majority of the years. Award. It's a quarterback award. I don't think there's any argument there. And I think the names, a lot of names that people thought might be there at the beginning of the year, like a Caleb Williams, um, maybe a Jordan Travis, um, Drake May. Yeah, Drake May, like names like that, they didn't have the best years, like eight, seven wins. You know things like that. I think that's what kind of rattled this. So it's a little bit you know, like I, I'm not that surprised one like Penix and Knicks, but I don't think what, they were the ones people thought. Isn't it weird? Like, wasn't the conversation two weeks ago after the last regular season game of the year? Like, does Daniels need one more game to kind of solidify his Heisman candidacy, or like is not playing in the conference championship going to hurt him? And I think as far as odds are concerned, it only helped him. Because yeah, I think he's like too. minus one thousand now. I don't remember so him Nick's being was the favorite, but then he lost the Pac-12 championship, and now Jed Daniels is the favorite. It's I, even if Nick's won it, I don't think it would have mattered. I think Jade Daniels had a better year. Like not to get into like he does, he does. But I'm saying going into that Pac-12 game, Nick's was the favorite, and Daniels was second. Yeah. Now with him losing that game, now it's Daniels. It's just yeah, well, at least, it's crazy how much they flipped. At least Bo Nixon, Oregon's big campaign they started in what July and August, like all the ads they threw everywhere and billboards. At least they got him to New York, right? I mean, that's yep. half the battle. That brand for got you, him Bo. long ways. Good hey, for you, he Bo. deserves to be there. I'm not going to say he doesn't, but I do think there's a clear and obvious winner here. We were just talking about the portal and names that are in it. Uh, Park's talking about McCord. There are some massive names now in the portal. Opened yesterday. I'm just going to rattle some off. I mean, this is a pretty long list, but this is these are all uh, names that are ranked very high within the 24-7 transfer portal rankings, um, as well as just name brand guys, right? Let's start at the top. We talked about Kyle McCord leaving Ohio State. He's now in the portal. Dylan Gabriel leaving Oklahoma. Riley Leonard out 
leaving Duke. I, I'm pretty sure we all know where Riley Leonard's going based on Instagram activity. Yep. <laughs> Followed like that, 20 man. guys from Notre Dame. Hey, good for you, man. Cam Ward, Brock Vandegrift, Juice Wells, a South Carolina receiver that is, I think is going to be one of the bigger names within the portal if you could go get him. Julian Fleming, Will Shepard, and London Humphreys, both Vandy receivers, both ranked very high in those 24-7 rankings I was just talking about. Aiden Childs, a former four-star recruit, played back up to Uliangalele last year at Oregon State. Rumor is that he will be following Jonathan Smith to Michigan State to play quarterback for him in East Lansing. I lost my spot here. Walter Nolan uh, was formerly the number one player in the 22 class at Texas A&M. Absolute monster on the interior defensive line. Dante Moore and Daquan Finn, I think that is just the start of people that will probably go into the portal. But to just hear those names, you have the best quarterback in the MAC that's been a stud for the last couple of years. You have the former number one overall recruit in the 22 class. You have Ohio State's quarterback, Oklahoma's quarterback, Duke's quarterback, uh, Cam Ward at Washington State. You have a former four-star guy who is fairly highly rated again going into the portal uh, in Aiden Childs. It is insane to watch this. It's hard to not be on Twitter or on X, whatever the hell it's called, and just refreshing, right? Or trying to figure out anything you can about where these guys are visiting, where these guys are looking, what your team is doing in the portal. It's madness. And plus, you got guys declaring for the draft. You got guys opting out of the bowl game to go to the draft. There's a lot going on, and none of it is football games right now. I don't know how you guys feel each and every day. I feel like it's a new adventure just to see what happens out there in the world. It's made me enjoy recruiting a lot more. I mean, I guess if you you would call this classify this as recruiting, right? Like not just like going and picking high schoolers. Like this is this is a part of recruiting now that I never used to be huge on recruiting. I just it's hard to get into it sometimes. And sometimes, especially at a school like, for instance, Iowa State, I find recruiting very hard to make or break a, a class more than so development wise. But following the transfer portal is a lot of fun for me because like we know what guys have really proven it. I mean, there's some former four and five stars that really haven't seen the field at, at their old school. And that makes it a little more interesting that maybe they just needed another school to break out. But like you, you look at, you know, the big name stars, Cam Ward, Kyle McCord, Dylan Gabriel, Riley Leonard. These are guys that have been around in college football for a really long time. So to see them have a new face, some of them being their third face might, it's just going to be really interesting to follow. I, I kind of see it as I don't want to bring up the NBA twice in a podcast, but it reminds me of NBA free agency, how crazy it really is now. Like during the offseason, just like half the entertainment and the sports following where these guys are going. Not only that, but I feel like it hurts high school recruiting fun. I will be like a little bit of devil's advocate. I was always a guy that was into high school recruiting. Now it kind of takes away from it because there's no saying that you get a big high school recruit four or five star. If he doesn't make an immediate impact, see ya. Right. So it, it's almost becomes more important. And we've had this conversation a thousand times that the transfer portal is as important, uh, is as important as high school recruiting, if not more. So it's, it's a win lose for fandom, I think, but it's fun to see big names for sure. Reese, you can just sure talk after raise your hand. Well, I was sure if you, I was sure you were going to say something. Um, I was just say I'm sure we've all seen that quote by Nick Saban, though, where it's like when he talks about when NFL scouts are calling him about his guys or whatever, and he's they they all ask him, he's like, none, nobody asks about how much did he play as a freshman. It's like, what kind of player did he turn into? And I feel like we're losing that aspect of it, where a guy can go somewhere, and if he doesn't play, 
yeah, that sucks. But guess what, dude? You can learn. If you're going to play underneath a guy who is Caleb Williams or who is Dylan Gabriel or somebody or Cam Ward, whoever it is, if you play under them, you can learn a lot from those guys. Like, they're big names for a, for a big reason. Like, you can learn a lot from them. If you got to stick around there and just bust your ass to earn something, um, I think it just says a lot about some kids. But, again, with the world that is now, you can go get a bag somewhere else if you transfer out and do things like that. So I, I think we're kind of losing that that aspect of it, too. It's like if the kid doesn't get a play right away, he's like, where can I go somewhere where I can play? And it's like I think you lose some of that grind about it. If it's like you just stay somewhere and you work with your coaches and your friends and other, other teammates and just get better that way, too. Yeah, and there's always, like, the situation on, like, the good side of it, right, is kids who are playing FCS football or playing low-level college football like in the MAC or somewhere, and they have a chance, you know, they develop quick once they get into college, right? They get a new strength and conditioning routine. They get a meal or whatnot or meal deal, and they just blossom late, and then they get the chance to go play Power 5 football. That's really cool. Um, think of Jared Burst when he was at Albany, right? And he was such a big name coming to the Portugals, the Florida State. Now he's a brand name, household name. Um, there's going to be guys that get that chance again, and it should be very interesting to watch. And it's fun. It's fun to watch those guys succeed, uh, as I would say. Let's talk the final college football rankings. We'll just touch on the top six here, as that was the discussion. And I'm sure everybody's heard this like 65,000 times on every show, every podcast, every show, every radio show, uh, every TV network. But we had a clip that we really liked and we put out last week with Reese talking talking about how there is just not really a situation or a way that Florida State should be left out of this. And then we get closer and closer and we're like, will they though? Like, are they, you know, like, are they going to put Alabama in? We just kind of kept inching towards it. It felt like, and it just felt like more and more of a reality. And then they get announced and it's kind of like, Oh shit, they really did it. They really did it. Reese, your initial reactions to that, because you were the one, I mean, we were all adamant that we thought Florida State deserved to be in with a way, no matter what. You're the one that wanted to talk about the rankings. You had the clip last week. How are you feeling now, and how did you feel in the moment when they announced that? I was shocked. I really didn't think they were going to do it. Like, when I texted the group chat, I said, uh-oh, and then Schaefer's like, oh, my God, they actually did it. Um, I really didn't see him doing it. Like, that, like three different dominoes had a fall for it to happen, and usually you see the playoffs kind of sort itself out, and they haven't had to make a tough decision like this. It's still just wrong to me, man. It's like – Yes, he's a very important guy, and they have it written down in the stipulations. And if you want to talk about the TCU game last year with the, with the national championship game, well, guess what? TCU still went out and performed and beat Michigan. Like, you can go put them in that state. You don't know who the hell Florida State, what that team's going to be like. They found, like, going out and winning with your third-string quarterback, that's pretty impressive, dude. Like, not many teams in this country can go out and do that and win the way they did, just completely changing up your play style, more defense, you go beat a Louisville team who's top 15. They had a quarterback. They have one of the probably one of the best coaches of the year, like completely turn that program around. And you'd make a team 13 and 0. Like it, it's just wrong to leave them out. It two things can be correct at the same time. Like it's wrong they got left out. And I you you think it's right too, because but at the same time, if you're gonna leave out, if you think these are the four best teams. Georgia, I think, is still better than some of these teams up there, too. So, like, they're just put in a lose-lose situation. But I just don't think there's any any situation where Florida State should have got left out. Parks, you knew it was going to be Alabama at four when Texas is at three, right? 100%. There was no option otherwise. I mean, this committee going against the SEC entirely is impossible. 
You knew exactly what was going to happen. Once they announced that Texas was in, you know Florida State's out. Especially when they put Georgia at six, there's no shot. They're going to leave out yep. Alabama. Yeah. And especially when they put the Texas at three. I mean, they're telling you all you need to know right there. Why wouldn't the undefeated team be at three over the one loss team? So it, they, they tipped their hand and, and Kirk Herbstreit tipped the hand earlier. He had the four teams to put right behind him on, on his mantle. I don't know if you guys saw that, but <laughs> yeah. Kirk tipped it. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I saw that, that one. That God, was hilarious. Gross. Just it's another just awesome ESPN that, right? production. It's, it's made for TV. Like that whole thing, yeah. at, like the reveal, it should be, you know, it, it plays into the hand of everything. And then in this situation, it really, you know, showed through I, where in years past, it felt like we kind of knew who would be in, maybe not what number they would be, but we knew the four that'd be in this being the one year that we weren't really sure. I mean, there was a lot of speculation and us, we were just, we were kind of stunned to see it all happen too. Um, when you look at that whole thing, we we've had this discussion. I think we had this discussion Saturday morning, correct? We had the discussion in our text chain about the 12-team playoff and what differences. This is post-Pac-12 title game. This is before all the kickoffs of all the title games on Saturday. What were you thinking when we talked about the 12-team playoff? Um, So basically what the discussion and debate point becomes, what does the 12-team playoff bring that the 14-team playoff does not? And what are your thoughts on it? This is debate time because we got into it on the text chain. So let's do it here now, too. Reese, you start. You want me to go first? All right. Say so we're we're so dig we're so dug in on these yeah. beliefs that it, it is what it is. But like right now, again, this year is an outlier. I understand that. But if you have this next year, you because right now we have our top six, we're still leaving out Ohio State, we're still leaving out Oregon. And you're even leaving out a Missouri team who also went to Athens and only lost by nine to Georgia, who's in the, uh, uh, their conference championship. Like, there's still nine very legit teams I think could have a shot to win this thing. Granted, I know this year isn't, is an outlier, but who's to say that this can't happen next year? We're like, this is the first year it's ever happened. Well, shit, we never thought this was going to happen this year. What do we know about next year or the year after that? Like, we don't know what's going to happen with this landscape. Things can change with the portal. Coaches going to different spots. I just think, and also, if you're a team on the outside looking in, or if you're a team who can get to be a nine or a 10 or an eight or whatever, if you can go to an opposing team, opposing team's field, so say like Missouri's going to Eugene or whatever, like you can go there. That's a home playoff football game. Like that will be a ton of fun for that fan base. And then it's just a great challenge for that team going on the road too. If you can go win that game, that's a damn good win too. And that's just a, like where your program is at going forward. I think kind of Shaver talked about it at the begin, or, uh, beginning of the year or whatever. Like if Iowa State or whatever would make it as a 12 or 11, like it doesn't kind of feel the same as when it was the 14. I get that 100%, but that's like getting your foot in the door where like now guys that are the three stars and four stars that are at different schools, maybe they want to think about coming to Iowa State. You got coaches that are looking to want to come there. You can hire new more people. You might get more funding. Um stuff going on like that so i just i think it's an opportunity for other schools to get their foot in the door and for it to happen and they can they can become a bigger part of college football than i think we're giving credit for i want to start it off first by saying especially going off of this year and the the debate for florida state has been over the last week to how the 12 team will fix all this i want to just first off by saying that the 12 team the college football has been 
I don't know if corrupts the right word, but college football has been a mess in the way they crown champions since the, the beginning 60s. of time. Yeah. <laughs> so like we started with guys who write newspapers, just basically watch six bowl games and picked a national champion there. Then we had a, basically a computer picking our national champion. Um, and then we went to this four team playoff that now everybody says that we just can't get it right because we just have guys sitting in suits watching football games all day and they can just pick and choose who they want to put in this 14 playoff. So to say that 12 teams is going to fix all of that, I argue it won't because I think you still have the same guys in charge. Now, that being said, I don't think, I think your odds will be very, a lot less to get a Florida state where, where a team that maybe should be in won't be in now, because to be honest, if you're going to be arguing for, the 14th 15th ranked team in the country to get in a 12 team playoff <laughs> i don't think you deserve to be in that conversation anyways so hopefully the 12 unless team- we unless unless we are arguing about it because one of those spots goes to a g5 and if you want liberty in your playoff yeah. i am sadly mistaken that is the worst g5 team we've had in years get it into your i think bid. i think we and this is another thing too because of how big the sec is and how big money talks and television ratings talk. I mean, we might throw Liberty in for the next two years of this 12 team, but if you think the G5 is just going to make it every year as an automatic qualifier or an automatic bid for the rest of the time, I just think you're wrong. I think that the SEC is going to start arguing for multiple bids. Um, these leagues are going to try to get to 16, 18, 20 teams and say, hey, look, we got, we got 20, 22 teams in our league mm. now. We, we can't just get one. We don't deserve one. Hey, we have Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee and, and LSU in this conference. How are we not putting three of those guys in? So I just see that argument coming down the road. Um, but I mean, really like the biggest argument for me and and why I love the four team playoff, especially is just because you look at the last two weeks and the awesome games and how much pressure that we've had in these last two weeks. And I, I just, I really hope the games still matter when we go to a 12 team and I really hope conference championships still matter. I really hope rivalry weekend still, still matters. Like I, who's to argue. So Georgia, I mean, you're out, they lost this weekend. They're getting a 12 team easily. Like how big, how big did that sec championship game feel on Saturday? That felt bigger than life. Like, Hey, I really do think that was like probably the national champion. I, I love Georgia. And that game just felt massive to me. Ohio State, Michigan, two weeks ago. How huge was that game? If Jalen Milrow doesn't complete a fourth and 30, I mean, they say they don't get it. Auburn wins. They go the next week. They win the SEC title. They're probably still in next year. I I would, I mean, especially if we're going to automatic qualifiers. So that's just my biggest worry, especially with, with the 12 team, is the games are going to matter less. We're going to have to battle – that part of the conference title, I think the conference title is a different discussion because it you're adding this many games mad. on these kids. Well, you're adding this many games on these kids, right? And then you're just like, well, we'll play conference titles too. Like that's that's a lot of football for these kids in college, by the way, mind you. And this is now if you add three more games for these kids, you're now playing, I would assume this weekend, right? Like right after, or would you wait a week and then you'd go the next week? And then probably a little bit of a wait for the next one, but it's piling up. My whole thing, my whole thing was like, are we are we wanting the playoff this twelve team right? 
are people excited for it because there's more football games? Are we more excited because there's games on campus? Or do we think this is going to fix the power struggle at the top where it feels like there's four or five programs that have kind of run it or two programs? Um, is that what we're thinking? Because if you're thinking 12-5 is going to happen all the time, I don't think that's true. And then are we talking numbers? Are we talking seeds, upsets? Or are we talking, I'm looking right now at a number 11 Ole Miss and a number 7 Ohio State, if they're bidding team, team seated or ranked above them? It's just the same brands that have been there, right? So are we worried about the brands winning football games? Like different brands starting to win college football games, a chance to win a national title? Or are we just talking the numbers, the upsets? That was my whole thing. It's like what happens when eight – Number eight, Alabama goes to a semifinal and beats number two or number three, Texas, or something like that. How are the numbers fall? Are we still like, oh, well, you know, it's a good thing they got in. Or people are going to be pissed that Alabama's winning football games again. You know, <laughs> that's my whole thing. I, I, I don't, don't know, know if, if they'll be too upset. At, I don't know if they'll be too upset at that point, like about the seeds. I think they'll just be happy to see a good football game. Like if you're seeing Alabama versus Texas in the end of the year, like it's going to be a good but football game. Is it a, football, is it a good our, football game? Because you've. Two and three and one and four haven't been good games other than last year and a couple random ones throughout the last 10 years. I think the there's – I shout out Chris Felica here. There have only been four total college football semifinal games with a spread of less than five and a half or six points. Two of them are this year. It it's a, It's a good year. I think it's it's honestly a good year for both sides to make the argument. Oh yeah, it's uh, a great to be year. honest. You and know, I would we're, love we're leaving out some teams, but also like how big is the fourteen playoff been? You know, and don't in get me wrong, making these games. I would I love the idea of it. I I'm gonna have just as much fun with it next year, one hundred percent. But I think people want it for the wrong reasons, and they're not gonna mm-hmm. get the thing they expect. Parks, you keep raising your hand jump in it's a debate we're going this isn't a courtroom just go yeah we're missing the biggest piece here man i'm we have to realize that we are not like the rest there is a gigantic chunk of college football fans that check out in november if their team is four wins five wins and they have no shot at a conference title they're they're checked out this eliminates that you want to know why the nfl builds over time how they can stay so big over 18 weeks it's because a team's that are three loss, four loss teams are still making a push towards the biggest game. This is going to retain those fans longer. And yes, the final score may not reflect a good game always. Alabama, Texas, it may end up by a 20 point game. But that first half, the ads, the buildup, the hype, the pregame shows, you're never going to match that. They'll, they'll never match that. That's why they did this. They did this to make the money. They're going to. They're going to attract new fans that are going to stay engaged longer because their teams have chances throughout the year, even if they lose one or two games. But it hurts us as deep college football fans who expect who expect, you know, you have to be near perfect to win the college football national title. You have to be near perfect to even get a chance at it in this four. This is kind of eliminating that. So it hurts us because we're college football fans through and through that don't lose attention in November. Most people aren't. Okay, but I would argue to that point, if you're a college football fan that's losing interest because you can't win a, a title and just being ranked within a top 15 or top 20 with a chance to get into the 12-team playoff, if your team is out of the – you can be out of the conference race and ranked within the top 20. I mean, that happens every year. So, like, if those people are ditching out because they can't win a conference title, 
They can't, but not winning a conference title is more plausible to still have a chance at the national title now, though. You don't have to win your division in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. You know, and I think to your your argument, Parks, I think there's like 15 to 20 teams, and that might be too much in college football, where I think you can kind of put in that category like maybe an Ohio State loses two games before the end of November and they're checked out because they're not going to qualify for a national championship, whereas – Myself being an Iowa State fan, I would I would hope there's probably a 60 to 80 teams out there that are fighting for six to seven, eight wins in November. And all of those games matter because like a program like Iowa State, national championships are just that's not a it's not a realistic thing. And winning bowl games or getting to a bowl game or competing for a conference championship or division or whatever it may be. That's what matters the most to, I think 70% of college football teams. And then the other probably 15, 10, 15 to 20%. God, that might even be too much or thinking about national championships every year. Uh, And it all kind of comes back to like with this 12 team playoff is what about the, you know, the Iowa States, the Kansas is the, the Indiana's the wake Forest, Syracuse where like, now we have this 12 team playoff. What's going to happen to these bowl games? Like what are the rest of these 60%, 70% of these teams fighting for? Because you, I mean, the bowl games are going to change next year. I would have to imagine the, the schedule is going yep. to change. Are we going to lose more bowl games? Like what about the rest of these teams that, and maybe this will help Iowa state in the modern day to actually compete with the big boys. But right now I don't see it as like that being an option. I, I I'm looking at it as like, if we don't if we don't consistently win seven, eight, nine games in this new league every year, like there's going to be a few teams that were big names back in the day that could fall off. Just there's like- no reason at this point that I I still really love bowl season because I love bowl season because again, Parks, you made this point earlier because we're we watch college football all levels of it, every conference. To those smaller schools, those bowl games are a big deal still. Fuck for Iowa. Right, like they're gonna play in a bowl game against Tennessee with seven and five. I'm gonna watch the shit out of it because it now I look at it as we have a chance to measure up where we were in the country, whether or not we have all of our guys, we have a chance to look into next year what we're gonna be able to do. I mean, th- if you are the G five right now, why are you not kind of looking at this being like, how do we not have a playoff? What? Why can't we put eight teams together, right? Or you know, there's five. There's five conferences. Your conference title, three at-larges, let's go right into it. There's still bowl games that can sponsor those. You probably won't do as many on campus, but you'll do the bowl game version of it. But I don't know. I That's kind of where I'm at on the whole thing. It's I, I still think the bowl games matter, but people who snubbed or told you that all these bowl games now with the 14 playoff don't matter anymore, they added one or two more freaking games to a national title thing, and they told you the other 40 bowl games didn't matter anymore. Horseshit, malarkey. But that's think, what the networks told you. That's what the talking heads told you. That's what the casual fan told you. What are they going to tell you next year? They're going to tell you, I don't care. I, okay. You know what I mean? I think that's at the end of this for all of this. I mean, my biggest worry for the 12 team playoff and just sports in general, honestly, with how much of a product it is on TV nowadays and in anything is just the complacency of like the fan base, the talking TV heads, the commissioners, like, everything's just a money grab. And my biggest worry is I, 
I hope you two are right, Reese and Parks. I hope this is the greatest product ever. I hope this is a lot of fun. But like, I don't see the 12 teams solving issues 10 years down the road. I, when is 16 going to be enough? When is 30 teams in a conference going to be? It's just never enough ever. Like we always try to transition into new things, but it's just none of it's ever enough. My one last final point that I would say is you're seeing right now guys that are already opting out of playing in their bowl games. And a lot of these are big names that could be playing in a playoff right now. Like you're seeing Kyle McCord, Dylan Gabriel, Ryan Leonard's obviously not in there, but if Duke um, had a little bit better luck, some of these other guys like that are opting out of these bowl games and looking at the floor right away could be sticking around with these programs just a little bit longer too. Like I think that's something to think about as well. I think they will be, <clears throat> whoa, I think there'll be opt outs and, uh, semifinal games or quarterfinal games at some point. I don't know when it'll be, but I think at some point you'll get a couple. That's just my thought. I don't know. Because they're like, why would I play more games now? Like, the NFL's there. You know, I don't know. I That's just what I think. I hope I'm wrong. NAL's there. That would be, yeah. Also, they're going to make them play the games. Put it in the little bylaws of this NIL contract. Uh, but hey, great discussion because I think that's something everybody has that discussion with their buddies and uh, family and different things like that. So it's really nice to kind of listen to everybody talk about their point of view on it. And you get a billion different point of views on a 12 team playoff versus the four. Let's jump into the play the fight song season awards. This is something that Reese kind of had an idea a couple weeks ago. We we're trying to find a good week to do it. How about the week before Army Navy? Let's jump into these. Our first award here. This is how we're going to do it. I think we'll each say our nominee, a little, little short snippet about it. And then do we want to pick one or mm-hmm. do we just all want to have a different one? I think Completely, we vote on I'm one, as a, as, a, one. As, a, as a podcast. I think we vote on one. We okay. each give a vote and then we vote on one as a podcast. Yeah. So we all have a nomination. Yeah. We'll see our make nomination. Yeah. We make our, yep. Okay. Perfect. Parks, you're in the top left of my screen. I don't know if you were like that for everybody. Same for me. But. Most surprising team of 2023 to Camden Parks is who? Texas. And it may be a shock because we are very high on them. And it's it's your nomination. Okay. Yeah, it's Texas. I was very high on them. But this team has been talented for many years and has never panned out. So was my expectation high? Sure. Did they finally fulfill? Yes. Did it shock me? Because in the past, they haven't fulfilled that surprising need to make the college football playoff with the talent they had? Yes. So Texas shocked me. Actually finished the season. Got a little lucky with Oklahoma State getting that draw and not having to play the rematch. But Texas surprised me in actually finishing a season where they were supposed to be. So I'm going to give it to Texas. Here's to they. Uh, hopefully they finish it out and cash a future for me. Reese, your nominee for 2023 surprising team is i'm gonna go with arizona uh this is a team that i had no clue what they're really gonna be like this year and then i mean they had Jaden delora and then they went with fita fey who is pretty damn good you're with what was uh, that? jed fish and his what was that name? <laughs> is it a fita fey how do you say it no a fita 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 no fita my bad why was i saying fita fey tina fey tina fey tina fey <laughs> Either way, uh, and then Jed Fish in his second year. I mean, improving. They only and there are three losses this year. Um, only they're only lost by one score in each of those games. I mean, you lose on the road to Mississippi State early early in the year. You lose by two to USC in overtime, and you lose to uh, Washington by a touchdown. 
I mean, those are three pretty impressive losses for a team that I sure didn't have any expectations for this year. Schaefer was big on them. Uh, but I didn't know think they were going to be anything like this, especially finishing third in the conference. So my nomination is for Arizona. I'm going to say I had Arizona as my nomination for the sake of four nominees. I think it looked better. I'll go. Actually, you know what? You go, Schaefer. I don't want to take yours because if I yeah, say yours, that about, yeah, don't okay, take go mine. Ahead. Yeah, go I ahead. hope you have multiple options. I feel like you're going to. I'm going to go Missouri. Yeah, that's um, the one I would have taken. That was one of mine, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take it I think this team's win total was, I think it was six and a half. Um, even if they would have gotten eight wins, I think that would have been surprising. But their only two losses came to Georgia and probably the Heisman Trophy winner and Jaden Daniels and LSU. Uh, just the way Eli Drinkowitz has gotten over the hump this year. I mean, it kind of all stems from that that Kansas State game, you know, where Mevis makes the the 55-yarder. And they kind of... Was it 61? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 61. I had money on Kansas State. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> and they and they kind of take off from there. Um, and, and the offense was one of the more prolific offenses in college football. Luther Burden, Theo Weiss, uh, they were just electric. And Cody Schrader's became one of the more under the radar names in college football. So yeah, I, I'm excited for this team to play Ohio State in bowl season, and that's that's my surprising team of the year. Again, for just the sake of the nomination, I'll give the Northwestern. I'll give yeah, everything that mine that, too. Yeah, everything that program went through, uh, everything that happened there, then they go out and they go bowl eligible. They'll be seven and five, and you know that team's going to be pumped to play in their bowl game. So don't tell them it don't matter to them. So our nominations, Arizona, Texas, Northwestern, and Missouri. My votes for Arizona because that's the first one I had written down. Reese, give my vote to Arizona. Vote. Okay, right, I'll vote three, Arizona too. Three, three votes, Arizona. I mean, mine vote doesn't matter, but if I had to go one, I mean, I I thought Northwestern was going to win one football game, literally yeah. one football. I was gonna game, say I gotta so. say, remember, remember that bet we had at the beginning of the year? I think JP asked about like if you were given plus one hundred odds for Northwestern to win one Big Ten football game, none of us were like, yeah, take it easy money. We were all like, yeah. eh. and they we were like, eh. they won five of them. Hey, congratulations to Arizona. The play the fight song 2023 most surprising team. Hopefully there's more to come for that team and they'll have a real chance to win the Big 12 next year. Things continue to go up. Let's flip the script, though. How about the most disappointing team in 2023? Parks, you let us off last time. How about again, your nomination? I mean, everybody's going to not bat an eye at this one, right? USC. USC. What a crumble. Right. I mean, with the weapons they had on the offense side of the ball for the defense to be so abysmal that it completely ruins their season. It's just about the most disappointing you can look at. I mean, you have a returning Heisman quarterback, a freshman like Zachariah Branch, and you win seven games. Okay. You want to talk about disappointing? You talk USC this year. Reese, your nomination. Um, I'm going to go with the one. They still had a, a successful winning record, but I think with kind of how they started off the year off pretty be hot i kind of got a little higher on them i think people did too but i went with the fighting irish um they went still went nine and three but they started the year on fire i mean they beat like navy and like middle tennessee state or something like that well they also went and handled a north uh, north carolina state team then you lose by three at home to an ohio state team where you had 10 men on the field um and i i thought they were going to be it i thought they were like we kind of talk about them being a sneaky team at the end of the year to maybe be in the playoff i mean you picked up probably the best quarterback in the portal in sam hartman audrick Estime was a hell of a guy and you also had joe alt who was one of the best um tackles in the country one of the best lines in the country um 
still had an all right year, but I, I think kind of for their expectations, I think they kind of had a disappointing season. Schaefer, your nomination for this category. Can, oh, first of all, I want to, I want to give an honorable mention to two disappointing players. I want to throw Phil Dracovic and <laughs> Brennan Armstrong in, in that category. <laughs> Um, yeah, dang, especially Armstrong. I'm sorry, bro. I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but you're probably not going to hear this anyways. I, I mean, you want to talk about transfer portal quarterbacks. That was uh, it was tough sledding for those guys this year. Speaking Could add of which, into that mix if we wanted to. Yeah, well, at least they won seven games or whatever it was. That was a little better. OK, my disappointing team. We'll stick with the conference. I know the best is probably the Big 12 and that being the Baylor Bears team that went three and nine this was a dark horse team at least for me i could probably put this in my worst takes that we we're going to get to later on in the episode um just completely off on this team they go in the portal and get dominic richardson from oklahoma state that was a huge get they had uh chapin coming back and they <laughs> they lose to texas state at home to give texas state its first power five win in this program history and it just never recovered from their losses to houston uh, they lost to West Virginia. They got blown out to Kansas State and TCU back-to-back weeks. It was just – it was a tough year to be a Baylor fan. I'm going to go with Arkansas here. I think this is maybe not a national one. Uh, this is a – in Fayetteville, what the hell happened, Sam? We need to figure this out now. 1-7 in and SEC playing 4-8 and eight overall with K.J. Jefferson, with Rocket Sanders. I know they were banged up throughout the year. And we thought they got the right portal guys to help the defense out. They got more weapons. Nope. It actually got worse, right? So I put Arkansas down for uh, my most disappointing team of 2023. My vote, though, I'll just start with my vote, is USC. I was going to go there as well. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with that, Trey, and I can stick with that. Reese, what was your nomination again? I want to make sure I had that right. Um, I had Notre Dame. We forgot. I forgot honorable niche mentioned before, but for surprising teams, but at West Virginia was a team I thought that could have been. Yeah, surprising. Yeah. I think they could have been in there as about. well. I think JP, I'll make a wicked graphic for these two. So just make yeah. sure you send me those nominations. Yep, just write them all down so we have them all. Coach of the year. I think there's a real possibility that we overlap in this situation with uh, most surprising teams, but our coach of the year for 2023 is. I think this is one we can all vote on and be happy with, but everybody in this category deserves the award. Parks, again, lead us off. Your coach of the year in 2023 is who? Yeah, I got to take a page out of your book, JP. Give me David Braun at uh, Northwestern. With the situation he took over and the talent that he had on that roster that won one game last year, to get bowl eligible in the midst of losing a long, long-time head coach that had about as high as an image at a school that you can achieve. And maybe it's a credit to Northwestern's players being smart and that just being the University of Northwestern where you have to be a genius to get in. But, man, they handle it in stride, and you can't do that without good coaching. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Give me the Big Ten actual coach of the year, David Braun. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Reese, to you for your nomination. Um, I went with the one undefeated coach that we got because the other one's a cheater. Uh, but I went with Kalen DeBoer, uh, 13-0 yeah. for the Washington yeah. Huskies. <laughs> Shaper, uh, same. I had the same. Don't worry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I figured that was going to happen, but oh, yeah, I, I think that was a pot. I, I want that one. What if I had my one A and one B both gone with Parks and Reese going in a row? So I, I bet I can. I bet I can think of who you guys are going to think of next too. I bet I. I bet. I oh yeah. Well, Shaper, Jules, your okay. possible third option. 
your possible third option. To the best coach I've ever seen out of six games this year. Give me Jim Harbaugh. I'm just, I'm just playing. Uh, I will stop. Coach the best six <laughs> games I've ever seen. Ah, uh, well, I'll go, I'll go chalk here then too. I'll go Mike Norvell. Like, I to to yeah. get left out of the playoff is is just crazy for the job that he did this year. Adding the poor, uh, transfer guys that he did, um, getting his team through the finish line, thirteen and zero. Uh, hopefully, he gets the credit. I think DeBoer will actually win National Coach of the Year, but hopefully, Norvell gets a little bit of that credit as well. Yeah, I'm going to go Dave Doran here. How about that nomination? An NC State team that you really weren't sure where they'd go. How about nine wins for the pack, right? And they have the whole thing where Armstrong struggles. They bring in MJ Morris. Well, MJ Morris plays his four games. He goes, actually, actually, I want a red shirt. And then I'll probably leave the next year. And then they still win a couple games to some big wins within there. Um, I think that's one I just... I kind of the same David Braun, obviously David Braun's much different situation and how dramatic it was, but a team you didn't really expect a ton out of. And they go out and win nine games in the ACC. I'll take Dave Doran there. Vote wise. Schaefer, your vote goes where? I'll go DeBoer since that was my, my first pick. Reese, you going to vote for yourself? I was going to go. I was going to go myself, but um, I'll vote Norvell. Oh, I, I was going to go. I, I originally wrote down David Braun. That was my first one I wrote down. So, like, are we all going to vote for somebody else? Because I, I would take Braun. I would take Braun with the situation. So we got two, I'm two for Braun, so Braun wins. Two to one vote, David Braun. Two to one to one. Coach if Dion would have done this, people would have shit in their pants. Oh. <laughs> What's, I'll I mean, tell you this much. Is that what we're yeah. talking about? Yeah. yeah. It's a fact. Some people actually still think he is coach of the year because they won three more games. Mm. It's a real thing. I don't know. I don't know why he's not getting votes. That's just me. But hey, it's a player of the year. We've done the coach now. Our national player of the year doesn't need to be the Heisman. Doesn't need to be a quarterback. Doesn't need to be somebody that's in New York. Your vote for player of the year in this country and nomination from Parks is who? Bonex. I'm sorry. It's basic, but he was so dominant all year. So clean. I mean, we've seen it in person, and JP and Schaefer and I have seen that him in person. He is a sight to behold at that court at, at quarterback. I mean, he was arguably better than Michael Penix in the Pac-12 title overall. They just couldn't get a stop. They they didn't defend the run well, but Bo Nix was as advertised all year long. Bo Dacious was in full effect the every game this year. So give me Bo Nix. I think he was probably the most pristine, polished player across the country Reese your nomination for player of the year um I'm not gonna go with chalk right here I'm gonna go actually with Jalen Milrow just because of I think of how much he actually meant to that team when you look at them at the beginning of the year when they really didn't know their identity and they were just kind of tying stuff around with Simpson and Buckner and you go into USF and you struggle and they realize that's not the thing and then they all they went all in on him the guy ended up having 2,700 yards, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions. He ran for almost 500 yards and also had 12 touches on the ground. I think that guy meant the most to his team um, of the quarterbacks we've seen because we saw what they were at the beginning of the year and they had to make adjustments and buy into something. I think it's Jalen yep. Milrow. Reese, or not Reese, Schaefer, sorry. Words. First of all, had he not gotten hurt, to be completely honest with you, if we talk about meaning something to the team, I think. Cooper DeGene probably could have been my player of the year just for how much he he did for Iowa and arguably won them two games on a punt return. But with that being said, I'm going to go Ollie Gordon 
not because it's just a Big 12 team. This guy quite literally saved Oklahoma State from going three and nine. Um, he turned it around in the 150-yard game against Iowa State, even though they didn't get the win. But after that, he just went on a tear I don't think we've seen in college football in quite some time, especially at the running back position. He had like, I think it was three games over 225 yards this year. And Alan Bowman was okay, but Ollie Gordon was out of this world good and got him to a Big 12 title somehow. So that's my player of the year. Uh, I definitely went chalk on mine, fellas, and it's probably not that cool to say, but it's Jaden Daniels. I mean, the guy ran for over a thousand yards. He set up ridiculous numbers better than Burroughs LSU offenses. It's literally not his fault they couldn't get a stop or they would be playing for a national title if they had an average defense. Um, that team is really good. He's a really good quarterback. I was high on him when he was at Arizona State before the transfer to LSU. I'm going Jaden Daniels here. Um my vote, though, I kind of did like the, yeah, I, I like the Ollie Gordon one because I'll go. I'll take an Ollie Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Ollie Gordon. Thanks, fellas. I think that's a good one. I think that's a good one to have because congratulations, Ollie. How quick, how quick their season changed when he got rolling, right? Um, and I think Milrose is another good one for that situation. Is just once he kind of figured his things out, they started rolling as well. So both of those would have been my top two. Um, just, I mean. Me and Parks pick guys that are going to be in New York being very unique, right? Now, here's one that I think this will be interesting to see what people came up with. Undervalued player of the year. A guy who maybe doesn't your brand or household name, um, but he's super talented. He doesn't get all the love he deserves, but we're going to try and do that here uh, and outline that. The most undervalued player in this country, your nomination, Parks, is who? Yeah, and this may only be because he's in the same side of the ball as most likely our Heisman Trophy winner, but Malik Neighbors stats that jump off the page at wide receiver. LSU wide receiver had 86 catches, over 1,500 yards, and 14 touchdowns. So you want to talk a guy that maybe wasn't on the cover because he's in the same backfield as Jaden Daniels? That I mean, what a name that jumps out. Malik Neighbors is an absolute monster this year for them. Reese, your nomination. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with Travis Hunter. I mean, guy played over 130 snaps on both sides of the ball one game. Look at Parks. I got you, buddy. Calm down, dude. Goodness. Hey, it's just, it's crazy that he's undervalued. I mean, you would have thought he would have won the Heisman in week three. He's not a, he's not a household name. He literally had his liver lacerated. A guy who got laid out, you know? He is a household name. Don't tell me he's not. Are you kidding me? Just, I'm kidding. Jamie. Oh, that's the joke. <laughs> why I said his name. Goodness gracious, kid. Get along with it. Uh, my real pick, I went with Brady Cook. Uh, oh, you were actually kidding. Yes, I was I kidding. I, 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 I was legitimately pissed. I was legitimately pissed. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> Got him. I went, with Brady, I went with Brady Cook. Uh, 3,100 yards, 20 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Also ran for eight touchdowns. I mean, Missouri finished in the top 10 for the first time, I think, in like 10 years or something like that. Um and they also, like, oh, if you look at all their wins, they handled the teams. They won all of them by double digits, um, except for, for the the Kansas State one at the beginning of the year, which was a big kick by Amoebus. But, um, yeah, give me Brady Cook. Schaefer, I'm interested to see where you I feel you go. like I got to – yeah, I, I have to go on the defensive side of the ball just because there are names out there that people know, but I feel like just as an average fan or anything like that, it's hard to follow defensive players especially – so I'm going to go the guy who's really led a team that's – I feel like they've has carried them all the way 
to where they're at so far. Give me Dallas Turner at Alabama. Like I as as well as Milrow has played down the stretch. This is a this is a world beater defense. If I'm being completely honest, this defense is just insane. He's got 50 total tackles this year. He's got nine sacks, two forced fumbles. Uh, he's the best player on the best defense in the country, and I think that guy is an absolute difference maker. So he's very undervalued, at least to the college football eye. It's a good thing you didn't uh, go with the other one on your player of the year, Schaefer, because I went homerism here. I put undervalued as Cooper DeGene. I thought with how much they struggled, and then you saw immediately what happened when he was out uh, struggling with guys uh, in the slot. You had Nebraska kind of tear him up in that position with athleticism, um, and you had just as you went, you kind of saw where they were hurting in the return game on the defensive side, locking down the best receivers, uh, his ability to make tackles. Um, so that's where I went undervalued player of the year. Cause I do think people know about him, but obviously we hear about him more being in the Midwest and being in Iowa or Iowa and, or Iowa state and Nebraska playing Iowa. So uh, that's where I went for my nomination. Reese, your vote goes to who though? Tough one. I, I'll I'll go with Mr. Neighbors. I'll go with Blake Neighbors. Parks, your vote. I don't mind your pick, JP, actually, because he does have probably the most impact a defensive player has ever had on an entire team. But uh, Neighbors' stats are honestly comical. That's two votes. Schaefer, are you going to Malik Neighbors? Can we have a co-undervalued player of the year? I yeah, was we might have to. to. I was going to go to you, JP, but just... I'm going to disqualify him just because he got hurt. So I'm going to go with my own pick just because I feel like we've got to honor some defensive guys uh, on this podcast. So I'm going to go Dallas Turner. Well, what is that? What like happens that? if it's 2 2? They're Can both we give on the a, ground. We have a co offense defense. Congratulations, guys. Do you think you're going to make it this far? Yeah. All right. Hey, got them both. Got them both. They both. Malik Neighbors and Dallas Turner, both undervalued players of the year. Now, remember when we talked about national champions and how it's kind of bullshit. People like just pick one and, you know, newspaper writers and media people, personnel. We're going to do that right now with the G5. Our G5 national champion. Your nomination, Reese, for your G5 national champion is who? Well, it's tough because they lost, but uh, I was going to go with I was going to go with the wave. Well, you're not actually going to nominate him, though, are you? Yeah, you can. What do you mean? They were great. They lost for conference team. title. Yeah, but they went to the wire with Ole Miss. God. Come on, you can nominate them. They deserve right. a I nomination. Gonna, I was, was, was going to give them the wave. Come on, the wave. And make bro. the G5 playoff. Okay. All right. Hey, all right. All right. Parks, your nomination. Troy, team I was high on in the I preseason, wins the Sun Belt. Gunnar Watson, stud, runs through the Sun Belt, actually. Sorry, Jake. I, I actually didn't mind your App State pick, but. Give me Troy. They people are going to tell you to put an asterisk next to it because JMU didn't have a chance. Don't listen to them. Troy's a wagon. Schaefer, you might want to listen. You might want to listen to them because uh, you can put an asterisk on it for the team that beat Troy. Give me the James Madison Dukes. I think that this team <laughs> lost a game where they didn't think they were going to be in a bowl game at that point in the Come season. On, I think they would have had a lot more to play for, especially at home on College Game Day, playing for that. Uh, you can't give them that New Year's six. You can't give them that, that they, they were, they were out on that game. The college game day was there. They 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 lost on because they couldn't make a bowl game. (laughs) They lost in overtime. 
Mistakes happen. I think this team's beating Liberty <laughs> if anybody does have them. Liberty is not the, good. Give me the Dukes. It's Liberty, a sham Liberty, they didn't Liberty. get to host Liberty. Troy at home for that conference title game. Liberty, Liberty. Nobody picked mine. SMU. SMU Fair enough. is the best. Hey, welcome. I get they won the best G5 conference without their quarterback. If they had Preston Stone, this is the best G5 team in the country, I think. If they, if they had a G5 playoff, if it was those four teams, Holy shit, I'd watch that. That's oh my god, it'd be so much fun. That'd that be so be much awesome. fun. See how we leave Liberty out when you have a hundred and thirty-third out of a hundred. We the committee toughest schedules. Did we you just can't, pull a committee? There's no way you G five committee undefeated. G five playoff committee. Us. I like that. Yeah, I like Liberty's that. not. It's Liberty gets shirts. the bid to the New Year's Six, but not in our book. Not in our book. Anybody? What's our votes here? Where, where are we going here? I'm going. I'll go I'm with going Dukes. James Madison's oh. fine. Uh, I I agree. They were they were very good. I was actually gonna go. I was gonna go SMU. Their only losses to Oklahoma this year. Um, they lost to TCU yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm changing. I'm Eleven changing that. You don't not TCU. But he picked himself. I was thinking right. they were eleven. James Madison. James Madison will call you the G5 national champion. Um, or Dukes. do we want to give them two teams and say this would be the national champion? Come on, Dukes. We'll give him two Sun teams. SMU, SMU, JMU, uh, national the title. Man. I would there like you that. Go. That'd be sweet. That's must-watch That'd TV. Sweet. Pay for it. Hey, our 2023 Game of the Year nominations. Parks, Game of the Year, you're the favorite one to watch. When you go back and you'll forever rewatch it when we think the 2023 season is what? I mean, you got to go chalk here. Give me the game. Ohio State, Michigan lived up to the hype. Ohio State competed. Good atmosphere, uh, great football weather. I love that that game's a noon kick. I love it. I don't know why, um, but give me the game. It lived up to all the hype, and it's always the most fun, especially because they're both good and they're in contention for the same spot. Schaefer, you go. Can I throw an audible mention if mine doesn't get said after everybody goes? Are you going to yes. say farm again? Yeah. I actually did consider that because I that was a lot of fun, but no, it's it's not that one. Um, I'll go Missouri Kansas State. I think that Good was game. one that not everybody had a ton of eyes on, but man, that was a shootout. I think there was still some decent defense in there, and then it ended on arguably one of the plays of the year, just an absolute nuke of a kick. Harrison Mevis. Yeah, that was a bomb. Yeah, Reese. I don't know, man. I was, it was tough to pick between Iowa, Nebraska, or Iowa, Iowa State, man. Those are just two barn burners of games. Uh, but the I actually ended up tonight. going with. I actually the ended Iowa up going Nebraska with one. That's kind of. Fun. That was a little funny. Uh, I actually ended up going with Ole Miss and LSU. I don't know if you remember the score of this game, but it was Ole Miss fifty-five, LSU forty-nine. Uh, both teams had over six hundred fifty yards of offense. And if you liked watching offense, that was a game to watch. Nobody took any of the ones I wrote down here. I wrote down just honorable mention why. I, my nomination here will be the Red River Revelry. That's my nomination. That um, honorable mentions. How about Florida State Clemson, if you remember how good that game was. Um, Washington, Oregon, part one yeah. in Seattle. And then KUOU. That game was awesome. Just everything Do we forget? We forgot about Notre Dame, Ohio State. It was a kind of a it was an uglier low scoring game, but yeah, but people love offense, Schaefer, don't you know? I mean, you gotta get one little slobber knocker yeah. in there. How about uh Colorado TCU? I mean, that was week one. We didn't know anything no, about anybody Col- yet. To be honest, Colorado, Colorado State was 
was that was better. a damn good one too. That was a damn good that one too. Better. I agree. Hey, my vote though, fun. I my vote, I think it's Red River. I'll vote for my own. I'll be that guy. I, I think that's game of the year. I would I'm gonna that go was, Red River too. That was one B on my list besides Missouri, Kansas State. So I'll 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 tag along with you there. Fine by me. I got beat. <laughs> hey, sometimes we took some fun ones. You, we took you know? some fun ones out here. Those are That's great games. One. Great games. Hey, 2023 transfer of the year. This is a guy who did not play at this school in 2022. His transfer in 2023 was a massive, massive, massive deal to this team. Stood out. Nominees for this one, Schaefer, for you. At least early in the year, I think Keon Coleman was just an absolute difference maker, especially when Jordan Travis was healthy and the offense was clicking. Um, yeah, he... He was exactly what they needed in the portal to complement uh, Johnny Wilson and, and Trey yep. Benson and the entire offense. So uh, he's definitely the one for me. Reese, your nomination. Um, I would say Mr. Plummer down at Louisville. Um, I mean, coming into the team, didn't really know what that team was going to be like this year. Um, rekindled with his old coach that he had, and they had a very successful year um, for their standards. We talked about how they had an easier schedule at the beginning of the year. But he still got to go out and win those ball games. He's a pretty good quarterback to do it for him. So I'll take Mr. Plummer down to Louisville. Are you ready, Parks? Yeah, no, I'm ready. I just wanted to make sure people go first so we can get two good established ones because mine is kind of like Schaefer's where it was very early in the year before he got injured. But I thought Andrell Anthony made a massive impact at Oklahoma coming from Michigan. His wide receiver one for them obviously came down with an injury and it kind of hurt them on the outside. But what an impact he made for Oklahoma when they were having success. I have Cody Schrader at Missouri. Ooh, I, that's, I that's, the the good, that's the winner. That's the winner, fellas. Comes into that's the SEC, runs for over 1,000 yards, deals with a Missouri team that didn't have the highest of expectations, gets second in the East with a couple battles with some really good football teams. Um, and you could argue Comes from that, D2. What yeah. a transfer. Truman yeah. State. Morning State used to beat those guys. Yeah, Cody Schrader. Reminding me that Ray Davis, Ray Davis could be a good honorable mention. Oh, he'd be oh, a really shit. good one too. Yeah, I agree. That's it. I that's the honorable mention. I think Schaefer, Sam good, Hartman, good catch there. Votes go yeah. where on this one? This is our final award. I'm giving my vote to Schrader. I mean, you're you lead the SEC in rushing as a Division two transfer at a team that we just said was our most surprising team or one of our nominees. Then give me give me Schrader. What a great pick. I'll go him too. Perfect. Got to show some, show some Missouri love. We had him a lot nominated. Never, never won a title. So nobody even put Drinkwitz for Coach of the Year. Nobody nominated him. If we nope for being completely, but he's honest, all time jokester. All time, he is. He's all over the, the place now. <laughs> oh my god. He's he's talking about. He's like, yeah, there's one of those defensive ends that you guys were just talking about. You know, hint, hint, and like kind of did that thing today. And then he was making the jokes about uh, the Michigan cheating scandal. I mean, he's all over the place. He's having a great funny. time. It, it, his job you guys is no hear, longer Jeff Okay, did you hear him? Did you hear him earlier in the year where he said that he'd let Brady Clo Brady Cook sleep with his daughter? No, we did. Did you guys? Yeah, you, I didn't see that. What that. you he gotta said, look it up? Yeah, he, he said something that. like that. He said that he if he had to pick a player to date his daughter and do whatever he wanted, that he would choose Brady Cook. That's how yeah, much he believed in him that's as a young man. God. That's a good relationship between your head coach and your quarterback right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a literal connection. That's rough. Hey, those are the awards for the 2023. We have all of our nominations. We'll put them on some graphics, send them out there for everybody to see. 
very cool to kind of reflect on the season on those uh, and more than just uh, your Heisman and uh, Nagurski and Bugnarik and all the Blitnikoff and all those awards. So uh, those are the awards from the play, the fight song family. How about uh, we go to like worst and best things we said for predictions on the year. Reese, oh, I said some dumb stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> Hey, go ahead. Give us the best, your best take and best prediction for the year. And then immediately go into your worst because you can't, we can't put you on a high for too long yet to bring it right back down to level. Well, I, I still believe my best take. I it's, and I mean, it hasn't been proven true yet because there's so many games we play, but at the beginning of the year, I said that the sec was not going to have the national champion. I still believe that's true. I don't think Alabama is going to win this year. Um, I think the other three teams, I think have a good shot to beat them. So that's probably my best prediction. I had my secondary one was that I picked, I would win the West, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the sec is not going to the national champion is my best one. Um, could be proven wrong because I am stupid. I do say dumb things all the time. Um, but probably the dumbest thing I said all year was I said, Washington was going to go eight and four here. They are 13 and now with the number two seed uh, with a potential coach of the year. Um, and then we also did the, uh, where we pick like if this team, this unranked team can crack the top 10 at the end of the year, I said pit and holy shit. Was that wrong? <laughs> I don't I mean, know. They man. Did they beat. They did that, was, yeah. that was, that was a tough one. I can't, I look back. I'm like, Ooh, that was a dumb one. Um, and then another really stupid one I said was like, I think it was like North Carolina. I forget who they beat like mid season. Um, but I was like, they should be the favorite to win the ACC. And then they lost, quickly lost to Virginia who just beat like William and Mary. And now North Carolina is just nothing this year. So there we go. Trifecta for you people. Just listen for the good stuff I give you. Hey, it's fair. It's fair. Parks, you go next. Your best and worst from the year, man. Yeah, I've got a few bad ones out there uh, that I hope never see the light of day. I actually pay, as most of you know, we change streaming services, how much better it looks now. You're welcome uh, throughout halfway through the year. But I still pay $5 a month to have access to our old videos. So hopefully we can clip some of these and get them out to you in a very beautiful manner. Um, but yep. I'm going to start with my best. I, I predicted Georgia Tech to make a bowl game, and that's where they're at. Georgia sure. Tech season's not over. I believed in Rambling Wreck from the start. Brent Key, I love you. You're welcome. Thanks for making me sound smart. So that would probably be my best. Yes. That would be – I have to. I have to. Uh, and then my worst, uh, it's a team that I've just picked apart all year long, stemmed from my hatred from them as a child that still stands tall. But I thought TCU was going to shit on Colorado. I mean, thought they were going to just dookie them, wipe them across the field. And it just didn't do good. It just that that one didn't. I didn't predict that one on the nose. They lost. So uh, that was probably my worst. Because if you go back and listen to what I said, that's on YouTube. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I don't know ball. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it, to be fair, a lot of people believed you, and a lot of people yeah. were on that train. And I said I was there. Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't even think TCU was gonna be great, but I was like, eh, it's a little too early to jump on the yeah, Colorado horrific. train. We were uh, proven proven wrong. Granted, close game, not a blowout, but still proving the wrong in the first couple of weeks. I'll go with mine here, and then we'll end with Schaefer's. My best prediction for the year, I had a couple that I thought were really solid. Both resided in the Pac-12. Washington to win the Pac-12. I was the lone guy that picked Washington to win the Pac-12. The rest of them were on Oregon. I was high on this Washington team throughout the year. I didn't think – I thought the SEC would send two – or the Big Ten would send two to the playoff, and the SEC would be so good that the Pac-12 wouldn't get in to the playoff with a one-loss team. Well, Washington goes undefeated once the Pac-12. I nailed that prediction. How about Sac State beating Stanford? I said that. Sac State's head coach took the job at Stanford. This is his first year at Stanford. They immediately play Sac State. They beat them on the farm. That's a good one. 
You know what's a bad one, though? Not a single one of the four teams I picked to be in the playoff the preseason being in the playoff. Not one. I had yeah, Penn happens. State, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, and not one of them. And I also said Mizzou was a long shot to win the SEC or to be very good. That turned out wrong. Fast. I was just saying, hey, you win some, you lose some, man. <laughs> Schaefer. Okay. I want to throw two honorable mentions for best and worst uh, of the year because they're both social media related. Best being a prediction for Iowa State. I put on our Reddit boards, I put a score prediction of the Baylor game. I think I put 30 to 18, and the score ended up being 31 to 18. Now, I might be murdering. Hey, there you that, go. That's pretty darn good. Psycho. I was a. I was a single point off of the actual score prediction in that game when I posted that. So uh, worst prediction, one that is blowing up our TikTok page right now is <laughs> uh, I made a record prediction as as one does in the old offseason on our TikTok page about Kentucky and how their record would be this year. It wasn't completely far off. I think I had them like nine and three. God forbid they were seven and five and they lost to Missouri and Tennessee. I didn't have right. But boy, shout out to my boy. Let's go, Tim. You know, Tim, Tim uh, Inman, when he said my credibility was out the door when I picked the Wildcats to beat Tennessee, that was back in August. Good for you, Tim. We don't know shit on this podcast. <laughs> we were wrong. God forbid I thought Devin Leary would uh, show up this year. Although, my boy Miles, with a black heart on there, Miles said, Louisville is beating Kentucky. Stop hyping UK up. Well, Miles, sorry to tell you, Jack Plummer's not that good. Ray Davis ran all over you, so we had to get you back with one there. Because we did have Kentucky beating Louisville. So I had to blow that one up. It's gotten like 10,000 more views in the past two days. So it's just hey, very nation is Perfect. <laughs> My actual uh, best and worst predictions, I had like Arizona and Wyoming's win total over. Um, pretty bland, but Arizona was nice to see. Even though it was all Jaden Delora based, I thought he was going to yep. play better this year. No, it just I guess he just needed to be benched. So maybe, just, maybe that's the wrong worst guy. Take. I don't know. Maybe that's a worse take. I had Michigan winning the Big Ten. You know, I think that was a pretty good one, especially when how tight of a race it was this year between Ohio State and, and Penn State. So to pick the right one on that side felt pretty good. My worst takes, Kansas State and Texas Tech in the Big 12 title. Um, yeah, I don't think it could just have missed been it. worse. Just, just no, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Say the next just one. Just a bit one. outside. Um, the next I one, Schaefer? Well, I think this one's worse than the next. Okay, fine. This one's the next one I had, we had to pick a top 10 team that was going to finish out of the top 25 by the end of the year. My prediction was Washington. I don't feel like <laughs> it's that. They, they were in a lot of close games at the end of the year. Sure, you couldn't you have know? gotten farther. Game, You're one stop from the number one overall way. team. <laughs> hey, they could have gone either way. <laughs> no. Did you hear this? The games hey, could have gone either way, guys. I, listen, I wasn't that far off. They were only 13 and 0. Granted, they're, granted, he's not wrong. They did a, they didn't score like, an offensive touchdown against Arizona State. Like they're very close to being a team that like, could have been underperforming. Kind of like they last year's TCU. And they weren't that close. Look at TCU winning all the close games last year. Look at them this year. Maybe we see a similar thing with Washington. Maybe I was just a year off. No. I think you were a year behind. They did that last year when they struggled to win some football games late. That's hey, one, those are what one quick point. Uh, if we're yep. if we're giving ourselves credit for predicting games, 
Please, mate, put my Iowa-Nebraska one in the loop. But everyone saw that one coming. I said, said, watch the end of my preview. I said we are going to throw an interception. We'll turn it over, setting up the game-winning field goal. Do you know what fucking happened? I've seen the movie before. I read the script. (laughs) I literally told you. Reece, well, keep raising your hand, man. We're, Just for, talk. we're forgetting about it. We're forgetting about a classic from the beginning of the year of the Park Schaefer argument. What about Ohio taking care of Iowa State? What about that one too? That's a <laughs> to the Mac is a light years too, behind man. Division One football. Can't, can't show the Mac, of, buddy. Speaking of, I think Twitter Twitter's dying to see a video out there, Parks, to get posted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll get it out. That's my so, bad. <laughs> I actually have a career, hey. Jake. So yeah, <laughs> a, a Facebook's career. loving it right now. How do he, he doesn't have a job. He's got a career. A career, yep. man. Lifetime. Hey, speaking of the Mac, a little bit. Let's go to the conference title point game. We had a tie at the top. We dethroned the champion, the back-to-back yeah. champion. Now have a tie. We got to figure out how we're going to break this tie. Reese and Jake yeah, both tied at six total. I think I. Who did I, I would like Jacob to break the tie? Jacob, you're gonna hate me and you. Yeah, Reese. Great job. Who who was our winners? I don't even remember. He had Miami of Ohio and, and uh, Washington or Bama. Bama. And you had, um, I don't know, your freaking picks. I can't remember off the top of my head. Who did you have? Did you have Liberty? <laughs> you had a, you had a, you did you I have like a three, two, and a one. Oh, I think I should Liberty, win then, Boise I got, State. I think you I had three more. wins. If I had three teams correct. I think I should win the tiebreaker. I had three teams too, but I ended up with five points. Six, yeah, but I took a, suck, I took a, I took a gamble on Ohio, buddy. Miami, we'll Ohio. Ohio. Miami but Ohio. Ohio. It was four points, not seven. It wasn't that big of a gamble. Took a gamble. <laughs> no counts. We got to figure out how we're going to break that tiebreaker. We'll figure that out for. I think we'll do it in bowl season. We'll do it in bowl season, and it'll like a pick them or something like that. We'll something. Just have a little fun with it. Uh, but I had five parks. Zero. I just thought I'd give back. I just thought yeah. I'd give somebody else a shot at the <laughs> title. It's fair. I appreciate back to back it. Hey, we're being on top for so long. It's tired. It's boring up here. Georgia missed the playoff too. What do you want me to say? We're going to save the favorite bowl game thing for next week. When the bowl games start, we'll go into that stuff. Let's quickly just talk about Army Navy. We had the Commander-in-Chief trophy is on the line this weekend. I believe if Air Force wins, it's a three-way tie, and Air Force would retain that for another year. If Army wins... Or sorry, if Navy wins and beats Army, Air Force would retain that in a three-way tie. If Army wins, they are the Commander-in-Chief Trophy champions. This will be a really fun one. It's always a great time to watch this one. I think it's a two on CBS this Saturday. A little preview into Army-Navy. What are you guys thinking on this one? Normally, one of those two would be in a bowl game. Yeah, like even with five wins. So this is really at all all it is for both of these teams to kind of end the year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have much on either one of these teams. I, I've watched Navy a couple of times this year. It's a, it's a pretty bad football team. I think two and a half is, is a good play. If, if you're going to be betting this game, as one does, take Army with the two and a half points. Um, and JP, I think you, you need to let the listeners know there's there's a play out there that needs to be desired. Take the principal play. I don't know, man. I didn't get to it on Sunday in time as I was just dealing with other stuff. But this number is so low. Like, is it really it's at like 20? There's one thing I've told you about unders. There's one thing I've told you about unders this year, JP. I took Iowa's unders when it was 27 and 28, and it hit every time. 
take I'm, it. Hey, I'm just letting you know. It, at the principal play is in play here. The service academies are playing. You take the under. This I the public just knows has just been all over it now. And I sure that number will continue to drop. At some point it can't get any lower. Um Reese, go army, beat navy, right? Go army, beat navy. We show up for big games. Remember when everybody thought Air Force was the big bad scary team? Put up 17 of them on the first quarter. Get the fuck out of here. Go army. <laughs> this this, hey, I do. this might be the most like the only time that somebody can say we when they're talking about their team and be like, yep. yeah, that makes sense. That adds up. Yeah, so enjoy it. That's a nice touch. Big games. Yeah, I like Army in this one as well. It should be a ton of fun to watch. One of the best ones to watch every year. Um, and usually a classic. They usually really close games, lower scoring, obviously, with uh both of them running the option. But maybe we get a little more high fly and they've opened up their offenses each service academy, just kind of you know putting some wrinkles, a little modernization into it. But um, that'll do it for this episode. We'll have more into what? What do you got, Parks? I was just going to say, I love this game. This is America's game. It doesn't matter whether each team is good or not. That's the best mm. part. It doesn't matter if one's 11 and 0 and the other one's two and two and nine, like they're going to compete. It's going to be a dog fight in the trenches. And then they're going to sing afterwards. And it's the most American thing ever. The flyover. Um, Army versus Navy with armed forces in the in the stands. It just doesn't this get better. Parks is, this was Parks' number one draft for the uh, rivalry. Yeah, this, I is, this is the best. They, they put it on their own day. So this is one of my favorite games of the year. It's going to be awesome. Should be a ton of fun. Hey, we'll have more bowl previews, and we'll preview each week as we're going through the, uh, the bowl games coming for that next week. It should be a ton of fun. Really excited to get into bowl season. We'll give predictions for the college football playoff and what our, we, our champion, who we think that'll be. We appreciate you guys listening and tuning in on YouTube or following us on TikTok, X, um, Instagram, Facebook, all over the place. Really do appreciate it. Again, at Play the Fight Pod on most things. TikTok, I believe it's at Play the Fight Song. Thank you. Appreciate it. Schaefer, take us away before Army Navy this weekend and before the bowl games. Go Army. Play! <laughs>